0: hey warriors and welcome to another episode with warrior within and today is going to be a little bit more of a personal touch to this um that i kind of learned this week you know i was kind of thinking of another direction but sometimes the lord does cool things um in the in, amongst things that you're doing and kind of just points out certain things and um, one of the things that that's been going on for my health is that i really hurt my back in 2019 and, it, and i was getting a lot of chronic pain so one of the things that i decided to do because you know i prayed about it and i just thought about it was to see if i could find a massage therapist who focused on more on uh, i guess you could say critical pain in people or people that are struggling with pain issues and my and especially chronic and i found this guy his name is peter he's a really good guy and uh He's been actually really helping me a lot. I've been able to really loosen up my back more. I discovered other spots that were in pain. But one of the things that I also discovered um, is that sometimes, you know, and it's not actually through him, but it's something I've actually been wondering, too, is a lot of times our pain and our agony and the stuff we go through does affect our spiritual life like our, our, our connection with our walk with the lord and how we act or treat our heart our pain you know emotions everything kind of intertwines and, and some points a lot of times even sometimes that that can affect our body and our, you know whether it's digestive whether it is through pain and hurt whether it's through joints and stiffness and like a lot of issues could be all part of that and a lot of you guys doing my story in 2019 is when you know i got attacked by a wolf in the in the job i was at plus um demonically attacked and i honestly think even my fall was part of that um and so there's been a lot of you know pain in the back even though i did there was this one spot in my back that was just really painful and i and it got prayed over and that pain went away which was really cool to see but my stiffness of my back was really starting to be more chronic and i was getting a lot of especially my upper back and even my arms were just not as strong as they were before and I, I i prayed over i kept asking the lord to be able to heal but he didn't he didn't do it that way he used someone else and i think even with the someone else um it's also been an allowance for me to actually open up even some of my issues that i've had and some of the hurts that i've gone through and one of the things that's always been fascinating to me in the asian culture is the meridian uh points that we have in our body and how it connects to um, points of our body and even though in a lot of asian culture that has a very spiritual essence behind their religion the pressure points do not the pressure points are very real and there is spots in your body that can actually be really painful and i'd i'd never gone through any such of you know someone who understood those and actually dealt with it to understand it more um there's always been a spot on my arm that was just me touching it myself doesn't feel as painful but as the guy was working on my arm he would find that one spot and it just was excruciating and over and over again when i when i met him a few times already um there, that one spot was just he would say it's really inflamed and the one thing that according to the meridian that's also a spot where you it's part of your f- feelings and the point of um, like sorrow or loss of some type So a lot of times, you know, if I look back, you know, a lot of it was, you know, I lost my dog about four years ago. And then my parents' dog died about a month ago. And then, you know, I lost the job I had. And, you know, those things were kind of like, those are sad points in my life. But it seemed like that one spot never would let go. And I thought it was very fascinating. And so this last time... Uh, The gentleman and I, we were just talking and he, he was just kind of pointing out, is there not anything else that you may be holding on to? And I said, the only thing I could think of is that for the past 10 years, it's been pretty rough and I had envisioned what it would be like to, you know, get into ministry. And I envisioned one way, but it seems like God might've had another way and maybe I've never truly, you know, let go of that thought of what I thought was the plan versus what God was. And it was kind of like a like a moment where it just like everything kind of came together and kind of noticed that well, I should say he noticed that when he was working on me, that suddenly after I said that and kinda of, in that moment released that feeling. And it seemed that in that moment of releasing, he said you're like that. At that point like let go and I just thought that was very fascinating um I even like teared up a little bit I mean I didn't like ball crying because uh that's that's not what I did but like I just felt tears come to my eyes because I realized I what I've been doing is I've been thinking that I had to be trained by other people to be ready to be in ministry to be a pastor you know for years people were telling me you need to go get your seminary you need to do this you need to do this you need to do this And every time I would try to chase after such motivation of going after that, it never felt right with the Lord. I mean, even after I graduated with my bachelor's, I was going to go into seminary, but God did not open that door. And he kept saying, that's not what I want you to do. And I'm just like, but that's what I'm supposed to do. That's how you you get into church. That's how you become a pastor. And he said, that's not how I want you to do it. And so I went and I did creative writing and, and social media. And in, in that area of, you know, learning how to do lyrics, how to do stories, how to create character. And I realized going through this actually helped me a lot with how I talk to people, deal with people, and even how I do like this in, in, in preaching. <clears throat> I may not have a charismatic voice and be exciting, but the idea is I understand how to kind of create a story behind what I'm doing. So when I present, there's always that common connection to even that degree but it also helps me understand people and listen to people and understand their story, which also helps too. So once again, you know, after that, you know, things were not happening. And I was so determined to try to find a church to get into, to get a senior pastor who's going to train me up and disciple me and work with me and build me up into the type of man he needed me to be. But the truth was that God had his plans. But I've been so focused on trying to get myself into a church, into a position, into the place, do the typical pastor thing that I never truly actually asked him 100% what he wanted me to do. You know, he, he allowed me to go into these different situations. He allowed me to go through the struggles, and he allowed me to even get to this one church because he did use me, and there was a purpose for it. And he knew that I would not understand this until later. But at the same time, his plan had been the whole time that he had been training me since fifth grade. He had been putting me in a Christian school. He got me the Christian education I needed. He put me around men that I could be able to respect and understand and reflect on their ministries and how they treated people, how they led. I mean, coach back in high school was an awesome example of what leadership and manhood and, and, pushing us as young men to lead in the football team, to lead in our classrooms and to lead as men to even pastor cross, who's even a dear friend of mine and even listens to my podcast. um, You know, his, his ministry leadership and how he pastored and, you know, he's one of the men that actually uh, stood out to me because one of the things i knew he did is he spent one hour every day praying or maybe it was even two and i'm not even sure i think it was at least one hour praying for the church praying for people praying for ministries praying for s- specific people and and just that that impacted me and it was something i kind of took with me when i went to the church out in connecticut i tried to make sure i made time to pray for the, my you know my youth group for the men's ministry i started for uh, specific people, and and I realized the value in that, and it's just something that I've I've learned to understand that how important prayer is, and how we've kind of not, and placed that even you know as, even as ministers, but even as men, we don't place that as an importance in our walk with the Lord. Spend time in that prayer time alone, and just having one-on-one time with Him, or even like I you know I've talked about several times, get yourself a journal book and just write out prayers to the Lord on there, ask questions on there, and just maybe go back and read those questions to see if God's answered them or even give you a different thought on it or how do you look at it from a different perspective? So all that to say that, you know, in that moment, I realized that God had already been training me for ministry and getting me prepared to be a pastor, that maybe, you know, this whole journey I had to go through could have been a little bit different if I had been listening or been more alert of what god was doing that maybe i could have started a church a long time ago but then again the journey that i went through to become the type of guy i am today may have not happened the same way or may not have happened at all which may have been a little bit different still because i can tell you this the guy i was 10 years ago is not the same guy towards ministry that i have now but i also realize i've never just said lord you know you have been the one training me you have been the one preparing me to be a pastor and this has been kind of that moment where, like, it just clicked to me just a couple of days ago, and I wanted to to share with you guys because, you know, I, I think about the one person in the Scripture that that can closely relate to this is actually Paul. You know, if we if we go and study Paul, you know, a bit deeper, you you know, in Acts twenty two, he spends a good portion sharing who he is, what he was becoming, who he was supposed to be becoming. To the point where Jesus like pulled him out and just kind of said, hey, you're not doing what I'm asking. You think you are. You, you think you are doing what is asked of you because you're taking the typical road to become a priest. But that's not what I was expecting of you to do you know cuz he shares in verse 3 and 20 verse let me say chapter 22 verse 3 i am a jew born in tarsus in sicilia and i'm brought up in the city educated at the feet of Gamelliel. now you know Gamaliel was someone like famous you know someone that um, had basically was a priest of priests, someone that was training. Like it was kind of like, if there was a pastor the for me that I could pick to be trained under, that would be who Gamil was to him. Or you know, if there were, like if you guys you know business tycoon and you start your own business, someone that you would be like, if I got trained under him, man. And according to and continue, according to strict manner of law of our fathers, being zealous for God as all of you are this day, I persecuted this way to the death. Binding and delivering to prison, both men and women as the high priest and the whole council of others can bear me witness from them. I received letters to brothers and I journeyed and he did all this stuff, you know, in verse six, I was, I was on my ways when God like pulled him. Like, you got to understand that Paul was trained to become someday to be that high priest because in another chapter he was even said that you know i was considered the pharisee or the pharisees like he was top dog he was top notch he was well educated he was highly educated and he was a very strong candidate for the next step of becoming the high priest and he was following the typical system he was going through the typical way the typical education the typical understanding of how to become this high priest and he was on his way and I kind of took that same type of look. I thought I had to go through typical church, typical training, t- typical experiences to be able to someday become the pastor that God wanted me to be. But the truth was, you know, as God went and confronted him on the road to Damascus, telling him, hey, you're persecuting me, it was a big change. It was a flip around. It was like a totally new Saul who became Paul. So the idea was that. He had the education understanding. Jesus clarified what he wanted all the Pharisees and says Jesus to see is that who he was, the Messiah. And Paul accepted that and changed. You know, it's, it's just very fascinating to me to see someone like Paul, who we know is the missionary, make the effort to go thinking he's doing everything right. And then, actually, when God points it out, is able to listen. And that's something I think as men, we we don't stop to take a moment to listen to what God's really saying. We we assume, we think there's a, there's a specific path we have to take to become the man that we're supposed to be. We think that it doesn't matter what kind of job you're in, whether you know you're doing business, you uh, do sheet metal, you do HVAC systems, you do Um, automotive you do, computer IT. We think that there's a typical way to always do everything. And so that's what we chase after. Because if we chase after that, then we'll get to the track where God needs us to be. But we forget to stop and think about those moments and recognize that whether God has a different plan to get there. And sometimes it's kind of like the story where there's the young man who feels like he's called to be a doctor. And so in his mind, he's looking for the doctor opportunities to move to the big city or move to this really amazing hospital where he will be well-recognized, where he will be able to show his gifts and talents, and then he'll be a phenomenal doctor. But what happens if God, instead of doing that, actually wants him to go find a small town in Alabama and become a doctor for, for them? The thing is, we start dreaming, and that's okay to dream, but we start dreaming to the point where we start just being selfish in what we want and never really ask God what he has for us. So instead of seeking out and seeing his plans, all we notice is our plans. We're going to take a really quick break, and I want you guys to think about that. the truth is that guys you know we've been talking about the story of paul but we've been talking about what whether god has been having a plan for it and you know i started thinking about the one of the verses that god had given me given me way back and i probably used it um a few times already uh it's in isaiah 55 and I feel like I've used this before, but I'm starting to realize that there is more of a factor to this than I've than I thought about. It, you know, and it does start in verse six mostly, but it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near, let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Then return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him, and to our God he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither your ways are my ways declares the Lord for as as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts see that verse was given to me in my 20s and I thought I had a better understanding of that for my life but I think I've sometimes forgot that even though I thought I was doing the right thing about getting into ministry I was doing it in my dream and not god's dream so the idea is that i also want you guys to understand the second half of this episode is that it's okay to dream it's okay to have plans it's okay to do that it's okay to to set up plans for the future but i also want you guys to remember you gotta you gotta cut the line when it's starting to be your dream and not god's dream that's when you have to recognize that if things are like if it just seems like it's just not working out just seems like it's just getting really hard you need to stop take a step back and ask god is this the path you had for me or am i doing something that's a me thing and not a god thing a lot of times you know i hear guys who complain about their jobs who complain how frustrated they are they complain about you know that they're so tired exhausted and and they feel like they want to do more they would like to do more but they never really ask god Is there is something more is there something else i could be doing do you have another plan for me is there something i'm just not noticing that you've been trying to tell me for a while and i've just been so stubborn in my own ways in my own way of thinking that I don't pay attention. Because the other verse that always stood out to me was in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, was trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to thy own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths, right? So the idea is that you got to trust without understanding. And we've kind of talked about this. That's part of this whole concept that God has been trying to teach me is that you've asked me and I've told you that I want you to be in ministry. But the problem is that You've been trying to do it your way. And then, of course, you have all these people around me telling me you need to go get seminary. You need to get seminary. And if you don't have seminary, then you can't truly be a pastor. And if you can't, if you don't have seminary, then you can't truly know how to do things. And the truth is, you know, my last experience, I, I understood ministry quite well. I, I, I kind of wondered if the educated pe- person understood about ministry because it seemed to be just that education. You know, one of my favorite guys I've listened to here and there is Pastor Ravenhill. And he even stated that seminaries are creating men with big brains and small hearts. Because the truth is there is no education formula to create ministry. Ministry is ministering to people it's being there it's talking to them It's praying with them it's counseling them it's encouraging them it's building them up it's reminding them of the gospel of Christ. It's telling them to repent it's speaking about sin it's sharing the truth in the scriptures it's making sure they're studying it it's making sure they know the stories of the bible it's it's pointing out everything leading back to who jesus really is and a lot of times a lot of churches are designed to be more of educators. So educating people where they're at with information and just pumping this information left and right to the point where a lot of these people don't really know how to live for Christ, walk in the walk, um, stand up for truth because it's all been built around a spiritual emotionalism that is in the music it's in you have to feel the spirit it's in that if i if i could hurt someone's feelings because i disagree with their lifestyle that that's another way of how this has become overly presented in one's perspective and a lot of that is actually a progressive mindset See, progressiveness has kind of infiltrated our church and you know, and I've talked about this before, but, you know, the emergent church is the first time where that was implanted. But now we're starting to see a lot of results of people who have fallen into the trap of emotion. Their emotions have made it, it there is has become the religious foundation for their religion in, in Christ. So instead of faith in Jesus, they have faith in their emotions, so a lot of times they, the complaint is if I can't feel God, then God has either left me or, you know, I'm doing bad, doing a bad job. And so instead of trying to get back on track, they usually quit or they kind of just continue to walk in, in the world like they've been doing and they and enjoy their life that way because they think that's the answer. And for us men, we gotta gotta reflect, we gotta stop, we gotta slow down, we gotta notice, because even the, just because you're making lots of money does not mean that's what God wanted you to do in the first place. Just because you're some big shot CEO doesn't mean that's what God wanted you to be. Just because you're some big shot pastor doesn't mean that's what God wanted you to be. Because Sometimes what God does, and he's done it very clearly to Israel, and he's done it to other people in the Bible, is he tells them to do something. They still don't do what he asks them to do, so he lets them do what they want to do. You see, in our culture, we have created that unless it's a humanistic victory, then we're not doing what God has asked of us. Some of us think, well, I'm poor, so I must have made a mistake. Maybe God needs you to be poor not because he doesn't want he wants you to be miserable but because he wants you to have faith in him well you know i got the job i didn't never wanted to have it's boring and i'm like well then ask him is this all you want me to do is there something more you want me to be do i need to go back to school or is there some other job that you have for me aligned but i have to trust you well, I don't want to move from where my family's at. I've been here for years. Well, that's that's the problem. See, the thing is one of the things about dreaming or asking of God to give us a dream is you got to be willing to go wherever he sends you. And you got to be able to be willing to take that step in faith and trust and know that no matter what God has a plan for it. We can't sit around and say, "Yeah, I trust you, Lord." And and every path that you have for me, I trust you. And I, and I and I believe in what you have promised. You can't run around and say, "Hey, you know, hey, you trained me with all this and the stuff, so I must have to be a doctor in in the Chicago and the one of the best hospitals there." You know, there's no way you would want to send me into a town somewhere in Indiana. Or some town over in uh, Wyoming, you know, it's like there's hardly anybody there. No one will ever knows. Because the thing is, once again, we start focusing on ourselves. Start focusing on our dream of becoming something great. Instead of asking God what He wants me to do and becoming, I guess you could say, great in His design, what His plan, His will for you. So we start losing sight of what we're supposed to be as men because we're so busy trying to create the image of what manhood should be or what what a man should be to become a man so we we create these kind of goals in life where you know you gotta have a car gotta have a house gotta We start focusing on all that so if we don't make it to those points in our goals then therefore we're not the man that we're supposed to be you know sometimes i look at it this way is like if god has you to be a trash man it's not because he thinks less of you because maybe you're supposed to be in that situation to be around the people they are around to be the light and the salt and in the, the image of what he needs in there spread the gospel there or maybe there's a connection that you will have that will allow you and help you down the road or even the church you're part of, or maybe some men who need it. Maybe there's a guy who needs a job and you can help them get their foot in there. Even if they don't, they only stay temporary, but you don't see. There's the thing is the purpose and plan of where you're at can be a time where you can ask and reflect on it. You know, I did drafting for three and a half years and I sat in front of my desk and I asked the Lord, is this all that you have for me? And he's plainly said, no, but do you trust me? See the key thing is, do you trust him? you're going to ask them those questions, then you got to also say, hey, I trust you in asking these questions. Because the truth is, those are the times and those are the moments that God's going to put you in that test mode. And you're going to say, okay, then, I want you to go back to school. Okay, then, I want you to go seek out this person. Okay, then, I want you to move to this town. And you got to be saying to yourself and to God, yes, I will, and I'm willing to do it as soon as you start saying oh no Lord, I can't do it you're doing doubt You're, you're not truly trusting him and then you're calling him almost a liar because like you asked him is there something more from you and he in your eyes downgrades you that means it's worth less so therefore you don't want to take the chance but sometimes you may need to go somewhere first for him to get you to the place where he needs you to be just because you chose in this moment to say, "Lord, take me where You need me to go, or do what I need to be doing," does not mean you're ready to do that yet. Because you've been spending so much time doing stuff you weren't supposed to be doing, because you were so focused on me, 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 and and taking care of my family, and focusing on that, and getting you know a decent job, you know whether it's mindless or whether it's just something else that makes decent money or whatever, that's not the point. If you're trusting God. And he takes you and moves you to a town and you have to work two part-time jobs, or you have to basically live off of hardly anything, or, you know, you have to trust other someone else to support and help you through it. Then you just got to do it because at the end of all that, he is preparing you, your heart, your mind, your spirit, and your understanding, your experience and everything that you need to know to be ready for that moment. When he says, okay, here it is. You're ready. And you say yes I am Because why are you prepared I mean it's not like someone Who sits there and suddenly says Hey I want to be um, a football player So therefore I'm just going to go And apply and just get in And start playing football No there's this training A set plan that you have to go through To be prepared to be a football player And then you have to be actually You know chosen to be a part of it It's the same concept So if God you know, you've been working on the business field for a decade now and you're making tons of money, but you feel like you're being called into ministry, you know, you could go back to school. Um, you can see if there's a church that will support you in the way that they'll, you know, train you up to be ready for into ministry. Um, there's many other different ways, but if he's telling you to do it and you're willing to do it, but then he gives you the door and you're not willing to do it because now you're going to lose all that money and it's going to feel like you're going to be, making hardly anything and you're be struggling then you were never really saying yes lord i'm willing to do what you want you you were like i'm willing to do whatever you want as long as i don't lose prestige that i was at and so now you're going back and getting stuck of not doing anything and so five years six years pass and that feeling comes back again and lord saying hey i want you to go be a minister and i want you to get and you know get into this and hey this guy is willing to offer you an opportunity you know he can't pay you right now but you can find a job and i'll provide and i'll do everything then you can make the choice to do it and once again it's really your choice or maybe instead of it's a doctor who's been working in new york city for a couple you know a decade and he's asking is there something more and god says yeah i want to i'm going to send you down to alabama you're being in a small town and you're going to Sit there, and you're gonna be a you're gonna be a doctor for the small town, and it's only about you know two thousand, three thousand people in it, and you're gonna they're gonna pay you however they're gonna pay you. Are you willing to do it? And that's the question. When God puts you in those positions, you need to be able to say, "Yes, Lord, okay, I'll do it," because the blessings could be outweigh more than what you think you're losing. And then sometimes you might be more surprised about even in a smaller setting, God might bless you with a bigger blessing. And you need to be prepared for that. I want you guys to really think about it this week, you know, whatever you may be doing in your life, whatever jobs you may be doing, is it where God wants you to be? Or is this your dream that you want to be? And maybe it is where you're supposed to be, and maybe God wants you to be there, and that's you're, you are where you're supposed to be, and, and that's great. But I've been finding a lot of times when I talk to a lot of guys, it doesn't sound like they are where they want to be. They're just doing because, one, it's either easy, they got decent money, it's the, it's re- good retirement, it's the opportunity that you know they were presented with them, and they but they've been called to do other things, but they've been too afraid to do it. So we're going to pray real quick. Dear Father, I pray for this time. I pray for this moment. I pray if there's any men here that are listening or even women that are struggling over the type of work that they're doing or whatever they've been feeling from you saying to them that they should be doing something else. But they've been so scared to take the step because it's going to be scary. It's going to be, you know, they're going to lose money or they may not be, be able to get a decent job like they were hoping. The opportunity is going to be different. It's a town where they weren't expecting to move to. Um, it's, it's going somewhere where they never dreamt of going or give them courage. Give them that, that hope, give them that peace that they need to say yes, and then be willing to take that step forward and trust. And if they've been holding on a dream for way too long and it's been pulling them away from the dream you want them to have then let them have the courage to let go and allow them to be able to fully surrender everything to you and give up on their dreams so that they could do yours. I pray this in Jesus' holy and heavenly name. Amen. Guys, thank you so much, and I hope you guys have a great week, and I will see you next time.